Welcome to the City Podcast, a ministry of Ambassadors Church in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. If you'd like more information about our church, visit our website at wearethecity.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you are blessed by today's word. Mind blown. Folks, we're starting a brand new series of messages called Design. Say the, say the word design. design. And, and the whole point of this series is that we're going to learn what it means to practically live this one life that we have God's way. God's way. I don't, I don't want to live it my way. I want to live it God's way. Come on, there's an old song. Any, where's the old, the older crowd and the, the Frank Sinatra? Any old people in this service? My way? Y'all? Date yourselves. Date yourselves. Um, but we're not going to do it our way. Because we believe that if there's a creator God who designed us, that there is a master plan and that, and that the master plan is the best plan. God's way is the best way. And so we're going to be looking at, I, w- I want to talk on a variety of topics throughout these next several weeks. So I encourage you not to miss one part of it. I want to touch on relationships. I want to talk on finances. I want to talk on time management. I want to talk on mental health. I want to talk about everything that has to do with us. Uh, because, uh, cause I think that there's, for every area of our life, there's a my way and then there's a God's way. And so we want to learn. We don't want to do life any old way. I, I really believe that, that God has called us to live a more excellent way. That we weren't called to mediocrity, but we were called to excellence. We were called to do things well. God didn't save us for a hot mess life. Can I get an amen? God saved us to live life in abundance. This is not a prosperity message. This is the gospel message. Because if he saved us from something, he saved us for something. And so if he saved us from sin, he saved us for purpose. And so it's impossible for us to profess Jesus Christ as Lord, where every area of, bless you, every area of our life is just kind of a mess. So I believe that during these next several weeks, we're going to unpack what it means to live life God's way, by the design of God, rediscovering what it looks like to live by design, not default. That's good, right? What it means to look like, what it means to live by design, not default. So I want you to open up your Bibles for for part one. Are you all ready for this? Say yes. All right. Psalm 139, verse number 14. The middle of your Bible. Middle of your Bible. Psalm 139. I I love the Psalms. Anybody love the Psalms? Look, I'm a pastor's kid. So growing up, uh, I needed to do devotions every day. That was just part of the rules of the home. Uh, and, uh, and I got a little secret when I was growing up. Psalm 117 was my favorite chapter to read for devotions because it's one verse long. So when I was asked, did you read your Bible today? I said, yes, I read a whole chapter. Psalm 117. One verse, doesn't matter. A chapter's a chapter. Come on, somebody. Shortcuts. Oh, yeah, that's true. So my, let's just... Side story. This goes along with what we're talking about today. Uh, I was very spiritual when I was 12. Yeah, my parents are loving that. But I I had very spirit. I was uber spiritual at 12. I I was like really into the things of God. I still am. I'm talking like I'm not. (laughs) Still am. Um, But my mom found a whole slew of birthday cards and Mother's Day cards from back in the late 90s, right? And because moms just keep it all. And all, all our class photos, right? Like all those sheets from Life Touch that you know you're never going to touch, but it's, it's all there. There's like all the sizes and the class photo. And you don't know none of those kids anymore, right? And it's just like all that stuff she found. 
and she pulled out a birthday card from me. I don't know when, I was probably around 12. And uh, I wrote her a nice Mother's Day message or a birthday message. And then at the end, I put P.S., age 12, P.S., revival is coming. Amen. <laughs> it's prophetic at age 12. I'm like, <laughs> revival is coming. Why so serious, right? Like, and I swear I put like, I sense it or I can feel it or something. I don't know. What, whatever. Whatever. Revival is coming, y'all. Amen, right? Amen. That's what my mom said when she read through the car. She was like, amen, wow, so good. And I'm like, I was a strange child, age 12. Other kids were collecting Pokemon cards. I was talking about revival is here. Revival is coming. It's prophetic for my moment right now. Wish I had the expectation cord, Sam. I need it. All right, Psalm 139, verse 14 says this. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, O Lord. My soul knows it very well. Verse 15, my frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them. The days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me, are your thoughts, O oh God? How vast is the sum of them? If I could count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. Then David like switches up on us and he gets all negative. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O oh God. He always gets upset at the wicked. O oh, men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Don't, do I not hate those who hate you, O oh Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. And then he gets all spiritual again. Revival is coming. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way within me and lead me in the way everlasting. I want to read you another version that says, Oh, yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You are breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I even lived one day. That's powerful. The word of the Lord. Let's pray this morning. God, we are so grateful for Jesus. And we thank you that before we were born, Father, you knew us and you called us by name. And Jesus, today we come into your presence with gratitude for this word that's about to be brought to us, oh God, fresh from heaven. And I pray, oh Lord, that we would leave here transformed and encouraged and blessed and that we would never be the same because of what you are about to do in this moment, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. When was the first time you realized you're getting old? When was the first time you realized you're getting old? It, it happens with more and more frequency. Uh, it, it's happening to me now with more and more frequency because there's like new slang words that are coming out that I don't know what they mean. And, uh, and I started noticing it when I taught high school for a little bit. Like there were things that I was being taught by them of, uh, you know, the, just the stuff that, that was coming out. And I, and I didn't really know much of it. And now there's more, there's dance moves that are coming out that I don't, the floss. I can't figure that out. I can't figure out the mechanics of how to do that thing with the hips and the arms and, and it's 
can't. I, did, I just can't do it. I look ridiculous doing it. Now there's this whole new fad of, of, of Kiki, do you love me? And, and I don't know what all that's about. And I'm trying to decipher the meaning behind this. I'm, I swear it's not good. Um, but I, I, like, there's just stuff that I don't, I don't get now that I'm closer to 30. It's just hap- it's happening. Like, it's, it's, yeah, I can't even imagine like, how that must feel like to be double that. It's just like, it's, it's like just more and more change. More and more change, more and more change, and things are just shifting quick. It's my parents, they'll be fine. It, it, just shifting quick under your feet. I mean, it's just changing, and, and technology, man, it's just going so quick, right? And you can't, you can't keep up with everything that's happening. I had a moment this past Sunday where I was confronted with the, the passing of time and the fact that I'm no longer as with it as I was. Uh, so after City Night, right, City Night was great. Pastor Roberson was here. He killed it with the mantle and everything. It was awesome. And uh, so we were standing right back there, and we were going to take a picture together, and he had his entourage, right, his boys. Fellas, I need an entourage. Whenever I go speak, I need my, I need my boys to, to walk with me. So uh, Raheem, you're recruited. Brian, you're recruited. Jonathan, I need you, dog. Uh, so... Uh, so we're just, we're, we're back there. Andy, I need you, bro. As I see the muscles, I just speak to them. And uh, in my absence, there's the presence there, and I need it. So we were standing back there. We, one of his entourage snapped the photo, and, uh, and, and I'm like, can you text that to me? And, and, and he looked at me like I was the most archaic, old-school person he's ever met in his life. He's like, no, I'll just airdrop it to you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 let's airdrop it. Yeah, I'm down for that. Let's, I'm totally down for airdrop. Let's, let's, let's airdrop it. Let's airdrop it. I'm, I'm always down for an airdrop. And uh, so I start swiping aimlessly on my phone. I'm like, shoot, and airdrop, airdrop. Where's airdrop? I don't remember where airdrop is. How do I airdrop? Do I just receive it? Is it like, how do I, how do I airdrop? And he's like, let me help you. I was like, my, my ego, my ego's dying. He takes it like three swipes. Boom, boom, boom. Picture popped up right on my screen. He's like, there you go. I'm like, kid, <laughs> I told you to text it to me. <laughs> but, I mean, it was that fast. I, and, and I'm like, what is happening to me? I used to be the one to explain things. And now I'm being explained things. It is not fair. And, 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 and like now, man, I got to teach somebody how to airdrop. Like, now I know how to airdrop. I practiced this morning, and I'm like, I better remember how to airdrop because airdrop's very convenient. Come on, iPhone users in the house. Like, you Android people, I don't know what y'all do. Y'all still, like, are texting it, and you get five copies of it on the other end of it. I, I, I don't even know. It, uh, Androids, I swear, like, you guys get, like, three. You do? Oh, you guys have to touch? No, we don't have to touch. We just have to, we just have to drop it. That's it. It's just, we don't, we don't, you know, bump phones. Uh, none of that. Airdrop. Oh, you have, to, you have to hit phones? Nah. We're not about that. We like personal space. We just like to airdrop it and, and, let, and let, it, let it go. So he was teaching me how to airdrop. And, and, I, and in that moment, I realized, wow, things have changed. I, I am not as, I'm over here emailing stuff to myself and, and texting stuff. And, 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 and right? I, I mean, I can't keep up. I mean, I can barely keep up with the amount of Hillsong albums. Now, much less, like, can I keep up with, like, just technology changes? It's, it's absolutely wild. 
And, but here's the thing that I noticed about this kid is that he knew he didn't have to know my phone because this phone was, it's the same as his. It's the same as the, like, it's all, it's all the same. He knew the design. He knew the features. And because he was familiar with the design and the features, he was able to operate in the function because he was familiar with the design and he was familiar with the features. How many of y'all have ever had a fancy phone, but all you do is take pictures, text, and make calls? You've never stepped into the territory of AirDrop and you don't really feel the need. But how many of you know that there is a greater capacity on the inside of this thing than some of us are using because some of us are not familiar enough with the design that then we don't know the features and so we don't know the functions. But there is a capacity packed into this phone that is much higher than we've ever expected that if you will simply know the design and know the features, you can unlock the function. Can I preach this morning? There's a capacity much higher than some of us are even using because of my own ignorance. I wasn't able to airdrop. But if I would have taken the time to know the device, to know the features, to know the functions, I would be able to use it to its highest capacity. You see, there is a design here. It says right on the back of it, on the box of it, designed in California, made in China. There is a design. There's a manufacturing that ends up, uh, and, and it doesn't matter whose hands it, it's in. All of it has the same function, the same possibility. The only thing that differs is the knowledge of the user. And so if you will simply take time to, to know, when, when my grandfather got a, a, a Samsung Galaxy for the first time, we printed out the, 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 the user manual. Put it in a binder for him for reading material. Grandpa, you're doing great. 92 years old, somebody. Can we? 92 years old. And he's unpacking it. And, and, but here's the thing with our generation is I've never read a manual. Never. I'm just, oh, I know how to use this. And then it kind of comes time to airdrop. And I have no idea how to airdrop. How crazy would it be if my grandpa knew how to airdrop because he read the manual and yet I'm over here acting like I got all the knowledge, unable to airdrop. The difference is in how much we seek to know the features that are packed in the functions that are packed into the design. And so this morning, I want to remind you that there is a God who has designed us. There there is a God who has packed so many features and functions on the inside of us. And many of us are just kind of living our lives on default settings. But I want to tell you this morning, I want to raise the level of our church and say, we will no longer live by default. We will live by design because God has so much higher capacity. We are capable of so much more. And so we're not going to live just kind of on a, a level of mediocrity of living. Well, this is just normal everyday life. No, the Christian life should never be a normal average everyday life. We were called to excellence. We were called to design. We were called to a higher capacity. You are able to do more than you think you can do because you can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. And so we will not live by default. We will live by design. Tell your neighbor, live by design. Live by design. There is so much more than you're able to do than just attend church. There is so much more that you're able to do than just warm a seat during an hour and a half on a Sunday morning. You're capable of more, and God wants to unlock that more. And so before we can know the design, we have to know the designer. We have to know the designer. You can't know the design and and, and neglect the designer. You see, it all starts with God. 
It all starts with God, that there is one God who has manufactured us in our mother's womb. He knows us and he calls us by name. It it starts with knowing God and God has revealed himself to us in many ways, but I would boil it down to three main ways of how God has revealed himself to us. He has revealed himself through what he has said, meaning his, his scriptures, his Bible, and also through what he says through his spirit. He has also revealed himself to us through what he has made. Romans 1 verse 7 says this, or Romans 1, some 17 or 7, it says this, that, that God's eternal qualities, his, his divine nature has been clearly demonstrated in what has been made. So when we look to nature, we see the glory of God. And maybe some people look at nature and see a bang. I, see, I look at nature and see a God who has manufactured and made everything by design. If you see the beauty of a small child or you see the development of life all the way to the elderly, you see the handiwork of God. You look at the trees, you look at the beauty all around you, and you can't help but think of God. Look, we don't have to live in paradise to see God. I can see God right here in Central Falls. You walk through these streets and you see the faces of children and families, and you see the face of God. God is behind it all. God has revealed himself through what he has said through what he has made and through what he has done, meaning the cross and miracles. God demonstrates his power and reveals himself to be the one true God. And here's the thing, you will never discover who you are until you discover who he is. You have to know the designer. You have to know the designer. You know, in a generation that's all about self-awareness, you know what we need more of? God-awareness. Because we ignore the cues of the presence of God all around us every single day. God shows us signs of his presence scattered throughout our day. And I don't care if you sit in a cubicle or you work on a field or you sit in a bus. You see cues and signs of God's presence all around you. And so what we need to do is be awakened to the fact that God is always around us. God is in the midst of us. And even as I see your face this morning, I can see the handiwork of a creator who decided to make you you. And so this morning, I want you to be reminded that before we can know the design of our life, we must know the designer. And the designer is not some crazy accident that happened when two atoms hit together. No, I believe that there was one day where God spoke into the darkness and said, let there be light. And I believe that there is a moment where God decided to make man in his own image, to make woman in his own image. And so today, we are the reflection of the glory of God, the designer. You are not a mistake. I don't care if you were born in out of wedlock. I don't care if you were a planned accident. I don't care what you were. There is no such thing as an accidental person because every single one was known in its mother's womb far before any days were lived. God ordained you. God called you. You are not an accident. You are a son, a daughter of the most high God. Own up to it. Come on, somebody say amen. Before you know the design, you must know the designer. And God wants to have a relationship with you. God God longs for you. God is chasing you. Back in the early 2000s, there was this book called God Chasers that literally radically changed a lot of people's lives. But you know what? Even more than God, us chasing God, I think God is relentlessly chasing us. 
I think God is relentlessly chasing us. The cross is a sign that, that God recklessly loves us. And I know there's some points of contention about that song, Reckless Love. And, and, and that word reckless means to do it with abandonment to the consequences. That means like, I don't care what may happen to me. I love you that I'm willing to go the full extent. And that's what the cross is. The cross is proof that God is willing to do anything to get to you. The designer wants to you to know him. And so this morning, I want to encourage you, press in to know God because God has been relentlessly chasing you. Just the fact that you're here this morning is a proof that God is relentlessly chasing you. How many Sunday services have you sat in here mindless to the presence of God? Just kind of getting through the Sunday service to check it off of our religious rituals. But meanwhile, God has been sitting here, standing here, dwelling in here, waiting for just a word from you, waiting for just you to reach out to him. God is not as far as he sometimes feels. God is present. God is here. Have you ever prayed and you feel like your prayers are are just kind of hitting the ceiling and No one's really listening. And God feels really far away. Can you imagine praying to a God who's dead? I mean, we know our God is alive. And I I believe that even if my feelings are saying that God's far, God's not far. God hears you. I want to speak to the discouraged person here this morning who feels like they're very far from God. You know, those are real feelings, and, and, and I get it. I, I've been there. I've felt those moments of like, man, why is everybody else being in a worship service where literally everybody's hands are lifted and you're kind of waiting for that moment? And those are feelings, and feelings aren't facts. I'm gonna, when I'm not feeling him, I'm going to go back to the fact of his word that says that God has promised me that he would never leave me nor forsake me, that even when he he feels far, he's not far. The psalmist, David was feeling that way. He he was like, look, if if I, David had these moments where he was like super close to God. And then the next Psalm, he's mad far from God. It's like, David, get it together. But then I remember Shane is like that too. And there's one Psalm where he's just like, Lord, I can't get away from you. If I go to the end of the oceans, you're there. If I go to the depths of the sea, you're there. Highest mountaintop, you're still there. And I want to remind you, no matter where you are this morning, God is there. God is with you. Because the designer never abandons his design. And God is for you. God is not against you. You are who he says you are. And so this morning, I want to remind you that you're not a mistake. And that even if your feelings aren't lining up, there are facts that are going to dictate your future. And this morning, we need to know the designer. I'm all for knowing yourself and knowing what you like and know what you dislike. But I believe that when we know the heart of God, it unlocks the design of our hearts. Only when we know the design of God, only when we know the heart of God, are we able to have access then to who we are. And here's the thing. The design of our life is that we were all made in the image of God. Theologians call that the Imago Dei. It's the image of God. And I want to read this for you because when we read Genesis 127, 
There's some confusion about what that means. What does it mean to be made in the image of God? And, and I want to read this for you because this kind of helps unpack this a bit. It says, the imago Dei, the image of God, is God's investment in humanity, of God-like glory and moral capacity to reign and rule the earth as his representatives. This is what sets us apart. What are the implications of the imago Dei? There is an intrinsic human dignity that places us above everything else in the creative order. You see, what separates humans from animals, what separates humans from, from, from the rest of nature, from the rest of creation, is that we are the only creation that was made in the image of God. That we have this moral capacity and intrinsic dignity that places us above all other creation, that puts us in a place of dominance over creation, not over each other. You see, and that's what's the, the evil of racism is that racism places one group of people over the other. It says that one has more value than the other, but all colors and all races were all equally created in the image of God. And so when you are, when, when there is racism, what you are do, doing is denigrating the image of God in somebody else's life. Well, all of us were made in the image of God. I don't care if you're black, white, Latino, Asian, native, or a mix of all of them. If you are living and breathing, then you are created in the image of God. And you are beautiful just how you are. You're made in the image of God. That is, that's incredible. And, and so when we give respect to others, we are valuing the image of God in that person's life. When you disrespect someone, you're disrespecting the image of God in that person's life. When you talk down to someone, you're talking down to the image of God in that person's life. When you curse someone, you're cursing the image of God in that person's life because we are all on the same playing field. We were all made in the image of God. There is no one better. There is no one worse. There's not males over females. There's not females over males. All of us were created in the beautiful image of an awesome God. And so that totally takes everybody down a notch because it doesn't matter how much money you make or where you went to school or what zip code you live in. I don't care if you live in CF, Barrington, or anywhere else. If you are breathing, you are made in the image of God. Your paycheck doesn't determine it. Your education doesn't determine it. The number of kids and houses and cars you have doesn't determine it because we estimate value based upon how much a person has. God estimates the value of a person by the image of God that he has imprinted on all of creation. So God does not care about your paycheck. God cares about his image on your life. And so you see, people look at the outward appearance. They judge you by how you look, how your appearance is. And I get it. But as people look at the outward appearance, God looks at the heart. God looks at the heart. And so this morning, I think a lot of us have gotten so caught up in changing the external that we've neglected the internal. What matters is the inside. What matters is what's going on in the indoors, on the, uh, the indoors, the indoors of our hearts, the indoors of the temple. Don't neglect the inside. Well, we pay so much attention to the outside. And let me tell you something. I'm on that weight loss thing, and I get it. But I would so much rather be spiritually healthy and spiritually in tune than focusing so much on the futile, on the, on the, on the carnal, that I neglect the spiritual. Here's the thing. Celebrity Christian culture is toxic because it places a high emphasis on what is seen. And then what is seen determines how I feel. Let me tell you something. The spiritual is nothing about what is seen. 
it says in scripture that we don't live by what we see. We live by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. And so as a millennial in a generation that is really swayed by what we see, I want to just prophetically speak to our church that we will not be a community of people driven or swayed by what we see. Our feelings will be determined by our faith that we will not live by this thing that we're seeing and then we're going to determine how we feel based upon what we see. Here's the thing. Even if I don't see it, I'm going to know it because I believe in a God who is above it all. We're made in the image of God. We're made in the image of God. And so, man, I think we need to raise the level of respect and honor in our house. That we're not going to talk trash about other people because here's the thing. We usually criticize that which we don't know. So if we haven't taken time to invest in knowing the situation, we shouldn't add our two cents to the situation. Because no matter if they're in the wrong or in the right, they're made in the image of God and they're worthy of respect. Gossip is disrespect. Slander is disrespect. Backbiting is disrespect. Division in the church is usually rooted in disrespect. And church, I think that God wants to do so, something so good in this church that we can't let petty stuff get. I love you so much and I can't get over the fact that I'm called to do life with you. I don't know if you feel that passionate about me, but guess what? I feel that passionate about you. I do. Because if I didn't, I wouldn't be up here. Because being up here is not convenient. But man, I love you. And I want to see this church go to the next level by design. Not an oops, we got there, but a no, we intentionally went there. I don't believe in the miracle by oops. I believe in the miracle by intention. That if we add our effort to the power of God, anything is possible. There's this pastor at Jubilee released a book called Atmosphere Shift. And I've been thinking about that title for a while. Because if an atmosphere, it's like city night is like an electric atmosphere. It's electric. You walk in, Pam's over there singing. Raph's over there grooving on the guitar. Man, the music's just loud. We got the smoke pumping in here. Like, we open the doors at 620. People are just flooding in. Like, yeah, this is the hype. And, 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 but there's an atmosphere that's set. And so when this atmosphere is set, the expectations of everybody goes up. And when the expectation is up, God can then step in and move. Now, if we kind of just stumble in here like, all right, it's city night again. What are we going to do? Who's going to preach? What songs are we going to do? Can y'all plug in some lights? It's 630. We need to get this. There's no, there's no atmosphere set. There's no preparation. So if we're going to get to the miraculous, we have to go there by intention, not by default. If we're going to step into the bigger plans that God has for 194 Barton Street, then we have to step into intentionally doing the will of God. And that means eliminating the stupid. And I'm just using that word because it's the clearest one we can all understand. Eliminating the stupid. Meaning if it feels stupid, probably is. So let's just get rid of it. If it feels petty, chances are it is. Let's just get rid of it. And man, I want to be so united with you. So united that the devil can't even get between us. Because I believe in the vision behind this house. So I will go down fighting for it. But we need like a group of warriors who will also stand for it. Does anybody else believe in the vision of this house? Can you say amen? So when we know the designer and we know the design that we are made in the image of God, we can know the features, which are that we are body, soul, and spirit, each and every one of us. I want you to tell your neighbor, you are body, soul, and spirit. Body, soul, and spirit. And, and these three words are kind of like 
a little bit misunderstood. Um, we are a spirit. We possess a soul and we live in a body. So our spirit is the part of us that lives forever. After we die, our spirit lives on. You are an eternal being. From the moment you are conceived, you will literally never die. Um, you can take the body, but you can't take the spirit. We, we are a spirit. And, 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 and so you may be like, that, that sounds weird. But it's all over scripture. It says the word of God divides soul and spirit. Meaning if you're going to divide soul and spirit, those two things are different. Uh, and, and so we are a spirit, but we possess a, a soul is like the inner man, the inner woman. The, the heart, the mind, the thoughts, the will, the intentions, the emotions. You know, when I feel happy, that's, that's my soul that is feeling that. When, when I'm sad or heartbroken. Uh, have you ever kind of, you've been heartbroken or sad and you feel it in your chest? It's like there's just like, like a literal thing on the inside, this, this unspoken, invisible part of you that's on the inside of you. That's your soul. That's your true self. And then our body is just the shell. Isn't it crazy that we pay so much attention to the shell, but then neglect the soul and spirit? I think God wants us to get healthy in our soul and spirit just as much as he wants us to get healthy in our body. But we possess this, we live in this body, but we are a soul and we have a spirit that will live forever. And so as I've been thinking through kind of all this stuff, design, designer, features, then what's the function? Like, okay, I know the designer is God. The design is that we are made in the image of God. The features are body, soul, and spirit. So what's the function? Designer, design, features, functions. Designer, design, features, functions. And then there's this verse tucked into Isaiah 43, probably very ignored by most people, but it gives me this simple phrase that just unlocks everything. And it's God talking, and he says, I made them for my glory. That word for is the function. For is the function. Designer design features functions. If God is the designer, we are the design, we have a body, soul, and spirit, what's the function? Isaiah 43 gives us that. When it says, I have made them for my glory. You see, we, t- we ask kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? So what we do is we attribute who, who they are to what they do. We, we say, well, you want to be a this, you want to be a that. I wanted to be like nine things growing up. I wanted to be a dentist like my dad. I wanted to be a mortician like nobody, but I wanted to do it. I wanted to do all sorts of crazy stuff. I wanted to be a reporter on CNN. I wanted to be the next Wolf Blitzer on CNN. None of that happened. Here I am. <laughs> but praise God. But we attribute what we do to who we are. But God throws away that entire playbook and says, I don't care if you are a landscaper, a medical doctor, a lawyer, a window washer, a garbage man, a secretary, a burger flipper. I don't care if you give donuts all day long. I don't care if you pour coffee. I don't care if you're in management, entry level, six-figure paycheck, or minimum wage. Whoever you are, you were made for the glory of God. And that is the highest calling above position, above ministry level, above anything else. You were manufactured with the glory of God on his mind. 
You weren't made for your glory. You were made for his. You weren't made to make it in life and make mama proud. You were made to make your designer proud. And your designer is the most high God. And so this morning, I want to elevate the hope in the room. I want to elevate the atmosphere in the room and remind you that there is no such thing as mistaken people, but that we were all manufactured and made in the mind of God. And that before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you and he called you by name and he gave you a purpose. And that purpose may not is not what you do for a living. That purpose is to live for the glory of God so that when people see you, they see the designer. So that when people see you, they see Jesus. When people see you, they see the cross. We weren't made for ourselves. We were made to demonstrate the glory of the one who designed us. So in a world where we're all kind of living by default, just kind of, have you ever just gone through a week and you're like, yeah, it was a week. No biggie. I think we need to change that mindset. Where Mondays are intentional Mondays. Where Tuesdays are transformation Tuesdays. Where Wednesdays, and you just go down the line, are wonderful Wednesdays, where Thursdays, thank you, and Fridays are fantastic, and Saturdays are saturated with the blessings of God, and Sundays are just the best, and we are going to take our life up a notch, and the world will know that it's all God on the inside of us. I'm not about this health, self-help stuff because I can't help myself. But I know with the presence of God on the inside of me, man, Shane is a good guy. That's the difference. Man, when Shane is in the presence of God, Shane's a great husband. When Shane's in the flesh, Shane's not a great husband. When Shane's in the spirit, Shane's a fantastic pastor. When Shane's operating in the flesh, Shane's not as good. But man, when we are so saturated with the presence of God, your life is going to be so much better. We're going to be happy again. Now, actually, let's change happy. We're going to be joyful again. Because happy is like temporary. Joy, man, you're going to be peaceful again. Because those that are created in the image of God were not created to live depressed. You were designed for joy. You were designed for peace. You were designed to be fulfilled. Man, that changes, that changes stuff. So, so it's not like I'm dreading Monday. It's not like I'm dreading this week. No, I'm walking into this week with my head held high, knowing that I'm going to kill it in the name of Jesus. Knowing that if I have a designer, I have a design. If I have a design, I have features. If I have features, I have functions. And that function is to unleash the glory of God all over this planet. And I know that Central Falls has been placed on my heart as a city that needs Jesus, overlooked by the masses, smallest city in the smallest state. And if God can use one person named Shane Lehman to help transform a city of Central Falls, then God do it. Do it, God. Man, this week, I want to challenge you. Spend time with the designer. Spend time with the, go into the secret place. I'm telling you, clean out a closet in your house. Throw a mat on that floor. Pin up some, some, some prayer requests, war room style. Don't get out of that closet until you feel the presence of God. 
Know the designer. Walk through creation and notice the glory of God all around it. Walk through your neighborhood. Let's do prayer walks in our neighborhood. I'm telling you. Walk around your block praying for your neighborhood, praying for those families, those kids. It's going to start changing the way you live. I'm doing that on some days in our neighborhood. I'm walking around this neighborhood because I'm like, if I want this neighborhood for the glory of God, I'm not going to do it from inside this church. I walk around this neighborhood. I declare the presence of God over those homes. There is power in what we're saying, folks. Walk down your street and declare it belongs to the kingdom in the name of Jesus. Spend time with the designer this week. One day. Try it. Don't knock it till you try it. You're like, that sounds weird. No, it doesn't sound weird. Just you haven't done it. Let's get into our neighborhood. Let's pray. We're going to spend time with the designer. We're going to elevate the image of God in other people's life this week. You're going to tell like 10 people they're beautiful. You feeling me? You're going to tell them that. You're going to be like, you, are, you look banging today. And you can start today because we already gave you like a good amount of people to start with. You're not going to give one criticism word this week. Not one criticizing word. Not one, oh, I wish they hadn't. You're going to be like, man, I love you so much. Not one word of criticism this week, Sunday to Sunday. Are you listening to me, church? Say yes. Not one word. If you think it, doesn't mean you need to say it. If the first thing that comes to your mind is negative, you're going to take time until something positive comes up. And you're going to say that. Not one, and I'm telling this to my, not one negative word. Not one. Not one either way. Not one. I'm going to change the atmosphere of my home. Not one. We're going to elevate the image of God in other people's life. We're going to take care of our body, soul, and spirit. Which means we're going to eat a little bit healthier this week. In Jesus' name, Lord, we receive it, God. Receive that word. We're going to hit the gym, maybe. Maybe. We're going to take care of the body. If fast food is your struggle, no fast food this week. Forever. Take care of the body. Take care of your soul and spirit. Change your spiritual disciplines up a bit. You've been kind of in the rum drum of, I'm going to read and pray, read and pray. Listen to a nice thing. Take some time to read this other book. Take another prayer walk around your neighborhood. Have a nice godly conversation over coffee with somebody this week. Take care of your soul and spirit. Watch something wholesome. Switch up the music this week. Watch how the atmosphere of your week changes. Throw on some Bethel. You can't listen to Bethel and not feel the presence. I love me some Bethel music. When I'm feeling in the dumps, you better bet King of My Heart's coming on. And you better bet I'm not going to get out of that room until I weep. Because that's just, that's how I roll. That's how, that's how we, that's how the Limas roll. That's how we do it. This is how we fight our battles. We throw on, we throw on Bethel until we feel the gold dust in our room. Because I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if it feels weird. We do it. You're going to take care of your body, soul, and spirit this week. And then you're going to do something for the glory of God. You're going to serve somebody. You're going to do an extra chore at home, young person. You're going to give your wife some flowers this week. You're going to serve somebody in a tangible way. You're going to pay for the person behind you at Dunkin'. You're going to do something that's going to throw somebody off in a good way. Like, whoa, I'm not used to that much kindness. And I'm telling you, you're going to come back next Sunday morning saying that your week 
was so much better. You're probably like, wow, I couldn't keep up with all those instructions. I'm going to post it on my social media. Screenshot it and put it on your fridge. I'm going to airdrop it to all of y'all. Airdrop. It's going to be on your phone. This week's going to be a good week. It's going to be a great week. I'm telling you. And you're like, nah. I'm telling you. It's going it's to blow your mind. You're going to see how good God is. Could you lift your hands right in your seats? I just want to pray for you.